beyond. But right now, I am joined by Sarah Martin, Dr. Phil Ferguson, and John Moore. Morena to you all. Morena. Morena. I, I forgot to play the politics thing. Oh, well. We could sing it. Uh, we could. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Speaker. Um, yes, good morning. Uh, and it's been a good week uh, for, for you, Phil. Uh, and for the people of Ireland, and for the people of the world for that matter, uh, the abortion referendum in Ireland, um, a historic victory for women's rights in the Republic of Ireland, uh, as the people had their say in a binding referendum to repeal the Eighth Amendment of the uh, Irish, uh, the Constitution of Ireland, um, that states abortion is illegal. Uh, it also kind of stated that uh, distribution of uh, any kind of uh, information around abortion uh, was also illegal uh, and a few other things punishable by up to 14 years in prison as well if you uh, if you were to have an abortion uh, it was life originally I think in uh, the original um, amendment uh, then that changed in the 90s to 14 years but still um, big 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 day in um, a traditionally conservative nation Phil. Yeah, um, a huge day. Um, brilliant that it passed, and brilliant that it passed by such a big majority. The Eighth Amendment was you know, absolutely draconian um, part of the Constitution, and basically, I mean, there was a small campaign for women's right to choose in Ireland in the 70s and early 80s and the Catholic hierarchy basically decided to kind of cut it off at the pass mm-hmm. by getting this um, amendment to the constitution that basically banned abortion and if something is in the constitution the parliament can't legislate over it there has to be a referendum which I actually quite like, I like the fact that they have uh, have a written constitution and that they have referenda in which you can add or subtract from the constitution and the parliament is then bound by that so it's not just 166 people sitting in the parliament it's the the mass of the the population in the south Mm. and the stunning victory um, a much bigger turnout than in 1983 when the amendment was passed. So the number of people who voted to get rid of the amendment is actually about twice as many yeah. <laughs> as the number that voted to put it in in the first place. And um, almost twice as many, almost exactly twice as many actually, is voted to keep it in this time around. Um, so the law will now change. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a right to choose situation which you know would be the the situation that I would support but it's certainly a really big step forward and I think the days in which the south of Ireland was a kind of conservative backwater are long gone and especially if you look at the voting breakdown like young people who voted the 18 to 24 age group 87 percent 87 over 87 percent voted to get rid of that amendment Mm. and in the 25 to 34 it was about 83 yeah so you know the 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 catholic church has lost that has lost probably two generations yeah now you know they think for themselves and they vote how they want to not how the bishops tell them to and it's hard to get that back john because you know um catholicism and all religion begins in the household mm. uh right you know if you get your kids believing straight away then they you know that's a higher likelihood that they're going to believe through their whole lives mm. and go to it themselves yeah uh, and probably the majority of people in uh, southern ireland would still see themselves as catholic but they've, they've reinterpreted 
what uh, Catholicism means to them. And I think the the, the papacy, the the, the senior um, bureaucracy of the Catholic Church in Rome, uh, uh, realizes that. And it was interesting that the Pope basically didn't say anything uh, about this referendum in Ireland. So a lot of people see the Pope as very woke, very liberal. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say that he's a good um, he, he's a good uh, crisis control leader for the Catholic Church, and he realizes that the the, the problems for the Catholic Church are to do with all these scandals and sexual abuse and and uh, the, the number of cases in Ireland, for example, uh, around um, uh, sexual abuse and rape and uh, um, abuse of women taken into care, you know, um, unmarried mothers in the past. So, yeah, I think uh, Ireland in many ways was seen as the last stronghold for the Catholic Church in Europe, and as Phil said, that's no longer the case. It is the case, though, in to a degree in Latin America and in the Philippines, where the Catholic Church still has a very prominent position, mm. uh, and certainly in the Philippines. I was in the Philippines um, a few years ago when they were, the government was pushing for liberalisation of contraceptive laws mm-hmm. and the Catholic Church uh, just put all their effort into a campaign to 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 stop that legislation passing, uh, equating contraception with abortion in quite a disingenuous way. So there are places where the Catholic Church is still prepared to push out a very reactionary political mm. line, but that's certainly not the case, I, I don't think, in Europe anymore. Yeah. They know they've lost. Um, Sarah, uh, in, in the Western world, Andorra, uh, San Marino and New Zealand, uh, are the only Western nations um, that where abortion is legal in all or some cases? Um, you know, it's all cases in Dora. Um, what does that say about us, a supposed progressive and free society? Uh, and, you know, and, 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 we're kind of stuck in the 70s and 80s, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And, and we need to have our joyous moment. I mean, wasn't it fantastic, <laughs> those those scenes of joy and liberation from the people celebrating the result there. And, you know, it's testament to a great campaign that they that they ran. You know, there was people coming in from all over Europe to, and all over the world back to Ireland to vote. It, it was, you know, really well organised. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, I think it's New Zealand's turn now. We do have outdated, um, restrictive abortion laws that... Um, you know, make it basically a crime uh, unless you have extraordinary circumstances. Uh, and women every day are forced to lie and jump through unnecessary loopholes in order to make decisions about their reproductive activities. So, um, yeah, I think we are stuck in an old-fashioned regime and it's time to change it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well overdue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people have to admit to having a mental illness essentially in New Zealand. Um uh, and, and you know, and to, and and that's sad. And it's the same in terms of trying to get counselling for um for for sexual assault. They have to also admit to having a mental illness. So it's crazy. Uh, and then you've got leaders like Simon Bridges coming out and saying he's very happy with the way it runs right now. It runs perfectly well, perfectly fine. I think it's legit. It's crazy. I mean, I think maybe John Key was a little bit different, but Bill English was the same. Mm. Well, I mean, I think this. What happens in New Zealand, I think probably possibly the most interesting place to watch is what happens in the National Party because, you know, Simon Bridges is completely out of touch mm. and um, it's a farcical law and the fact that he would back it and see there's no problem with it um, shows just out of touch and how conservative he is. I, I don't think it will be um, 
I think there will be people within the National Party who will support law change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it will probably come down to a matter of conscience as, conscience as these things usually do. But it will be interesting to see whether he can um, maintain that position um, in the face of, um, you know, a party that probably wants to regenerate itself and appeal more to young people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, should we never need to come down to that? I mean, uh, New Zealand doesn't have a constitution, or not a written one, uh, you know, and this is something that people are, uh, are fighting for in Parliament. You've got uh, Chloe Swarbrick, who is, um, you know, fighting the good fight in terms of getting, you know, wanting to get a written constitution mm-hmm. when the Treaty of Waitangi is at the heart of, which um, sounds like a bloody good idea to me. And, you know, and that would allow the people to have more say, wouldn't it? Uh, on these things, John. yeah, I, I mean, I would argue that this government uh, should just change the law right away. Uh, that they'll set up another uh, committee uh, to discuss these issues, which inevitably delays the, uh, the liberalisation of abortion laws in New Zealand. Jacinda Ardern made a commitment of taking abortion out of the Crimes Act before the election. So why don't they just do it right away? Mm-hmm. They, they know what's wrong with the law. So abortion under the Crimes Act is an offence, but as you said, uh, there's exceptions to that which come under the contract section of sterilisation act but effectively people have to lie uh, in certain cases to get an abortion and doctors have to act um, arguably illegally uh, mm-hmm. if they believe that the, the patient is, is not being completely upfront. but that's what people have to do to, to get an abortion in this country um, I, was, I was quite outraged to be honest um, when I read comments from Helen Clark uh, who's now pushing for abortion to be taken out of the Crimes Act um, she did nothing. Uh, Labour did nothing when when uh, they held power for um, nine years. Uh, they they had the chance to uh, take abortion out of the Crimes Act. So it, it, it's very rich on her part, uh, especially to 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 now be a, a campaigner and champion mm. for mm. uh, liberalisation of abortion laws. She she's. Um, she references back to when she was Minister of Health in the 80s and said that she pushed for the liberalisation at that stage, but there was too much opposition. But uh, I think it's very telling she doesn't talk about when she was actually Prime Minister because that was that was a, a perfect opportunity. Uh, majority in Parliament would have been pro-choice uh, mm-hmm. at that stage and mm-hmm. um, abortion, uh, yeah, could have been um, liberalised. Not to trivialise this at, at all and not to make a, a, a joke out of this situation, but I used to like ska music and now I hate it because I wised up. People can change and <laughs> minds can change. Maybe Helen's did and, and you, you've seen... Um, a lot of things come out of Helen Clark uh, mouth uh, lately that have, um, you know, where she has changed her position on a lot of things after being out of Parliament for a long time. Who's to say that that wasn't always her position, but she was worried about votes? I don't know. But well, she's well, effectively said that. Yeah, yeah I mean, she always had supposedly a right to choose position. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember her going right back to the seventies when she was a sort of oh, I assume she would have radical. Labour person before she discovered career advancement and and wanting to be Prime Minister and then, you know, fighting for the woman's right to choose suddenly was not, you know, it wasn't how you got to be Prime Minister um, and she fitted into the establishment. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, of course, it's completely safe to support the right to choose. I think there'll be a clear parliamentary majority for it. I mean, the contraception, remember the Contraception Sterilisation Act was part of the legislative programme of Muldoon. You know, it was an absolutely draconian piece of legislation that was widely opposed at the time. It led to the shutting down of the Auckland Abortion Clinic mm-hmm. and the setting up of Sisters Overseas 
service to fly women across to Australia to, to have uh, terminations. Um, it was one of the most draconian pieces of legislation in the world. It's still on the statute books, but of course we have this sort of strange situation in New Zealand where that law is largely ignored and the reality is we have incredibly restrictive legislation but we have a much more liberal de facto situation so mm-hmm. it's quite a kind of hypocritical mm. thing and both Labour and National have been prepared to live with that well let's not rock the boat, it's not all that hard for a lot of women to get abortions, although it is hard for some women mm-hmm. um, and so we'll just, we'll just leave it like that and now this vote in Ireland has shown up you know it's, New Z- it's liberal, secular New Zealand, not holy Catholic Ireland that has the double standards. Yeah. That that things in Ireland, you know, they've overtaken us in terms of legislation around, or well, they are about to overtake us in terms of legislation around. Everyone abortion. has. Every, pretty much. Pretty much everyone. <laughs> everyone, has. but, but yeah, you know, yeah. Indora and San Marino and the Western yeah, world. Yeah. Um, what is the feeling in, in, in Wellington? Do you think if we went to a conscious vote, um, Sarah, that um, you know it would pass with flying colours? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hope maybe I'm just blindly optimistic. Um, no, I think you're right. I mean, I think um, you know, with with the Labour Party, we certainly saw a renewal, and there's a lot more young people in the Labour Party and Labour caucus now, and a lot um, uh, more women, um, but who don't always necessarily vote um, in favour of abortion liberalisation, obviously. But um, I think there has been a change. I think. Um, I, I think it would pass with flying colours. I mean, having said that, there'll still be lots of people who are keeping their um, their true feelings under their hats, and we won't know. I mean, on this, it is an incredibly emotive issue for some people. Um, you know, the 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 pro-lifers or the what anti-abortionists do turn, you know, do turn it and use very emotive and disturbing graphics and imagery and arguments um, against it. So some people will be swayed by that. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, well, it's Friday morning, so they'll be outside the hospital right now, as they are every single Friday. Yeah, what is it? Two or three old men? Yes. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, yeah, the reality is that... Oh, most white men. Oh, yeah. The, the reality is that, you know, old straight white men, um, the reality is that most but people yeah, yeah. in New Zealand, you know, have a liberal attitude on abortion. I think probably the largest number of people in New Zealand probably support a full right to choose position. Yeah. Um, mm. and, you know, and in the referendum in Ireland, the right among the people that voted to get rid of the Eighth Amendment, the right to choose position was actually the largest block. So mm-hmm. it's not the largest block in the overall society, and it looks like they'll have a. It'll be freely available for twelve weeks. Yeah. Um. So it's not a right to choose position, but yeah, it's a huge advance. Um. Yeah. We were. I would hazard a guess that we're the only country um to have these kinds of laws not based on religious preference within the within the country. <laughs> we would be the only nation in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, that has that position, uh, and that's that's sad. I mean, I, you know, I still couldn't understand. But if we were a hot, you know, if we were a country that was yeah, either weird, isn't it? Staunchly how they, mil- they held sway over it. It's weird. Yeah, that is actually quite weird if you think about it in that way. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, the other most of the other countries are very staunchly it, Roman yeah, Catholic or, or, or Muslim. If we haven't got it. You know, we, during the seventies and eighties, we did have quite a strong feminist movement. So it's not as if we've kind of that's been a suppressed part of our. Our um, population. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah, in other areas, we're quite you know, world-leading in terms of women's rights. So uh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's very weird. I, and I think the reason is that you had a strong 
socially conservative government in the Muldoon era. You know, he mm. he kept homosexuality illegal. He introduced the CSNA Act. There's various other really socially reactionary things. And since then, we haven't had a government or a parliament that has had the spine to actually say no, we're act- we're going to get rid of this mm-hmm. awful piece of legislation. Mm. Well, hopefully yes, this is the. Hopefully this is a catalyst for change within the country. Um, you, you, Sarah just hit on uh, that we were um, usually world leading in a lot of things. I think we are in meth. Um, <laughs> so we'll move on to meth. <coughs> uh, meth sucks, to be honest. Uh, if you really want to think about it, uh, meth is quite dumb uh, and bad. And I don't understand how people pick it up because they already know it's bad, but they do it anyway. Don't they? How do these people not remember the guy that chopped off people's hands? Anthony, <laughs> with the eyeballs and the haircut, he was incredible. Um, but a report has been released um, by the country's chief scientist. Um, what does it say, John? Okay, yeah, so the, the, the chief science advisor uh, has released a report on... So this, is, this report is just looking at um, so-called contamination of houses where methodies have been um, used, like consumed, mm-hmm. uh, or, um, or has actually been produced. Um, so, in regards to... Uh, the report says... In regards to uh, meth being consumed in a the house, there, there is actually no danger uh, for for uh, people who would who are currently living in that house or people who would move in at a, at a later stage. And this reg- this is in regards to children, even very young children. So, yeah. uh, the chief science advisor um, uh, said uh, they took a very uh, yeah, conservative approach in, in terms of saying, like, if a baby was to walk around the floor and to lick uh, large parts of the floor uh, in a room where meth had been smoked, even then there would be no uh, danger presented to, the, to that child in terms of um, meth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, this is scandalous uh, because oh, the, 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 the previous government uh, and the Ministry of Housing have um, spent huge amounts of money on, uh, on cleaning up houses uh, from meth contamination that didn't need um, cleaning up or uh, have basically um, said that those houses can't be occupied and, 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 and a large number of tenants uh, have also been turned out of their houses because of so-called uh, meth contamination of those houses um, all the scientific evidence uh, pointed to this being a load of bollocks basically mm, mm. Uh, the Drug Foundation um, a couple of years ago uh, uh, um, put out a, a large um, a long article saying that this was all uh, bollocks um, um, and and so yeah, it's it, 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 it's scandalous, uh, and um, um, yeah, there's there's people who should answer for this. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's probably more dangerous for kids to be licking the floors of tobacco smoking households. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well yeah, me- mould is more dangerous. Oh, well, I mean, I agree with Joe. I think it's scandalous. I think it's, oh, you know, it's absolutely um, very disturbing that government was making decisions about people's, you know, their their most fundamental needs to be in a house based on moral outrage and moral hysteria and I have to say probably there's an element of class warfare in that Mm -hmm. um, instead of evidence and you know that's all very well they'll leave people in damp mouldy houses but they clear (laughs) them out because there's a little bit of meth smoke around I mean meth is a terrible drug and I agree it's no one is condoning it but the fact that they use this as a weapon to I think I think it was part of a war against tenants I think it's part of a war against state housing and I think it yeah it's despicable that those people lost their houses and there's something like 247 houses standing state houses standing empty as a result not only that we've housing New Zealand spent huge amounts of money apparently in Tauranga 
cleaning up houses that had been that had state houses that had been sold to another provider and all mm. unnecessary. Mm. I agree absolutely with John that someone needs to be held accountable. That the how the chair, chief executive of Housing New Zealand refuses to be interviewed on. <laughs> Um, national radio, just a blank refusal. If, if he's not going to front up to it, then the board of housing New Zealand, this is, don't get it's a statutory, I mean it's a crown entity, it's not a government ministry, um, so there's a board there. They, they need to front up. Um, they've caused untold damage, wasted millions of public money um, over something which was not evidence-based. Um, it was, you know, moral hysteria as, as far as I can see, and people have suffered as a result. So, yes, I agree with John that someone needs to be held accountable. Yeah. I mean, what's going to happen with the industry? Because you've had all these people out there that have doing, been doing this work, and, you know, it's, one of them came out the other day saying, we knew full well. That this, <laughs> we knew full well. We knew, mm. we knew this was a farce, but, man, we made some good cash. They made some yeah, really good well, money off this. Let's see how many of them are mates with the national government who have been t- in Paris. Well, that's right. And, and who's, I mean, Labor's going to have to clean up this mess also, and they're going to be the one that's, you know, if there is compensation and if there is money to be paid out, it's going to be coming out of their coffers or their budget money, and it's going to, you know, it's going to make them look bad um, when it's once again mopping up the mess of, of, an, um, of the previous government. Yeah, I mean, it turns out it wasn't mess that they were cleansing those houses of. It was poor people. Mm. Yeah, this was the state cleansing state housing of poor people. Yeah. How dare those poor poor people occupy the state houses? Mm. You know, um, so we'll get them on the on the mess on the on on the meth stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I agree. You know, people have to be held accountable um, for this, and recompense has to be made to you know people who who lost their houses. I think a great deal of of public outrage is is due on this, but also at the time that that this moral panic was was taking place. You know, where were the New Zealand? Where were scientists in New Zealand? Yeah, why didn't we have? You know, scientists like in universities and so on saying, "Well, hold on a minute." Mm. I think we did. I think uh, we did. So uh, I, I, I was reading an article. There was um, I'm, I'm not going to be able to remember, but um, I was reading an article on the spin-off, I think, on Newsroom. One of them, uh, yes, a couple, last week, where there was there was a scientist saying, "No, this is silly." I, I remember scientists saying, "This is silly," but they were ignored. Right. Yeah, I mean, the Drug Foundation certainly said yeah. that. Uh, yeah, the Drug th- Foundation. Th- this, this was bogus science and, and cited mm. experts. So, uh, mm. Dr. Leo Schwab and uh, a doctor named Nick Kim at the time were questioning uh, mm-hmm. the, the basis of these evict- evictions, but were drowned out by um, political voices, basically, <laughs> by, <laughs> and by Housing New Zealand. I, j- I just want to question, though. Um, uh, the wider hysteria about methamphetamine. Um, I, I do believe that the the, the the media presentation, the police presentation and the government presentation, the dangers of meth are overblown. It is possible to, to use meth occasionally and not be an addict and, and, and not go uh, crazy and go around chopping people's hands off. That mm. is possible, scientifically backed up. Um, and, and, and we I think a lot of the hysteria comes from people perceive it as like pee, as this this newly created drug. That it's crystal meth. Y- yeah. I mean, crystal meth has been around for for, for young. Yeah. For a long and, time. and um, we've just changed the name. Yeah. I mean, I've I've lived in Southeast Asia where the 
predominant drug use is of metaphetamines. Uh, some of those metaphetamines are now getting into New Zealand, already made. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I've known uh, people in Brunei, for example, Muslim conservative country, who have used meth in the past. Uh, I have one good friend who used it quite widely when he was younger, doesn't use it anymore, has a full-time job, and he's he's fine. Drinks a bit too much, but uh, <laughs> How are you he's fine. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think there's a wider hysteria about drug use as yeah. well, and it's a convenient way to sort of blame poorer people for their own situation so uh, rather than seeing uh, you know poverty amongst children and uh, uh, children who aren't getting fed enough as being a problem of society mm-hmm. uh, of capitalism say uh, the blame can be put on poorer people for their drug use uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's and, and laying the, yes it's um, scaremongering and it's creating a, a scapegoat yeah, I mean, it is time for more science-based drug legislation, let's be mm. honest. I mean, it, it is all moral panic um, for, for, for a lot of uh, drugs out there. Um, and, you know, that might come. Look at Portugal. It's working bloody well for them. Mm. Um, yeah, but um, well, we're going to have to leave it there. We'll run out of time. Um, but it looks like uh, in New Zealand, the moral uh, majority ru- uh, minority rules uh, the day again. Uh, but thank you all for coming in this morning. Thank you for picking up the phone, Sarah. That's <laughs> a pleasure. Yeah, and um, we'll talk again next week. Uh, have you yourselves a wonderful long weekend. Okay, Kira. All okay. right, thanks, Queen. You'll be, do you celebrate Queen's birthday, Phil? Oh. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> so you'll be you'll be working on Monday.